0: Let's pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, uh, thank you for your word. Uh, you're the living embodiment of the word. And uh, I pray, Lord, that you would breathe your Holy Spirit upon this message, that it would bring forth the fruit that you desire, and that it would challenge us and uh, mold us and shape us into those people that you want, and that we would be... Anticipating um, your return, and that our lives would be uh, positioned, uh, and we just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our hearts, in our in in our lives in this hour, and we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um. A lot of things happening right now in the world, and, and, um, you know, in the book of Peter, it says, in light of these things, in light of the fact that the Lord is coming back soon, and he did make mention of the crazy times or the way things would look, he says in his uh, epistle, he says, what manner of persons ought we to be? How should we be? What should, what should be our posture? What is our, our makeup in this time? And I've been going through um, the book of First John and there's lots of information about that. In fact, the book of First John, it says this, it says if you wanna have your joy be fulfilled, uh, look into the things that are written in the book of First John. If you wanna know for certain that you have eternal life, look into the book of First John and measure uh, your walk and your relationship with the Lord with that we can have a peace and he hasn't given us a spirit of fear but of power love and a sound mind that we can have confidence in this word that it's spoken to us and not somebody else that if we measure our hearts and our walk with this then it will inspire joy in us there'll be an inward um, not happiness but a deep like well of joy that would come up within our hearts I want to say that, you know, as looking at the book of 1 John, there's some things that were contrasted in here uh, that is within these, you know, this this small book, five chapters, um, some things that I came across that are uh, contrasted. And uh, number one is light versus darkness. You know, he talks about, you know, the fact that we have are are no longer in the dark, but we're in the light. Uh, Love versus hate sight versus blindness, forgiveness uh, versus sinfulness, the kingdom versus the world, Jesus Christ versus the antichrist, abiding in the truth instead of abiding in lawlessness, the seed of Jesus and the seed of the devil, Abel versus Cain, life versus death, Jesus in the flesh, Jesus not in the flesh. Hearing God, not hearing God, the spirit of truth, the spirit of error, boldness versus fear, eternal life, eternal damnation, truth versus lies. That's all, you know, I found those contrasts and just briefly going through there and just writing down what each section of the chapter was talking about. And I came up with, I think those are 16 different things. There probably is even more in there, but those are the things that I saw in there. you know, the Holy Spirit is speaking to each one of us, collectively, individually. He's speaking to us. And um, is our heart receptive? Is our antenna attuned to the things that God is talking to us? Are we on the right frequency? Um, There's a frequency of the world, and then there's a frequency of God's kingdom. There's things that God is saying to us, and then there's a frequency of the world. Do you notice that in, in the book of John, it says, if they were of the kingdom, they would listen to these words. But if they're not of the kingdom, they don't hear it. You ever notice that right now in this world, there seems to be a real divergence here uh, between kingdoms. And it's, it's like, don't you see this? It's so obvious. But apparently it's not obvious to everybody the things that we're hearing if we're tuned into the Holy Spirit. There's things that the world is, is hearing and what they're listening to in the voices and the, I just want to say it, it's propaganda that's being put out there and then there's the voice of the Holy Spirit and the voice of truth because the truth is Jesus Christ. Yes. And we think that we're that smart or whatever but if we have an ear attuned to the truth we will hear the right frequency. We will hear, we'll be able to discern between truth and error. Um, I think that's one of the great benefits of um, walking in in touch with the Word of God. Having an understanding of the Word of God filled with the Holy Spirit. Walking in obedience to the Lord. That it says in here that if we do that, that we won't walk in darkness. We won't stumble. That we'll have a light and it'll constantly guide us along our path. It says the wicked stumble and they don't even know what makes them stumble. It's crazy. You know, we're living in a time um, of basic where doesn't it seem to you sometimes that you woke up in a twilight zone adventure? (laughs) I'm serious. I mean, did I just hear recently that um, Black Lives Matter is going to get a Nobel Peace Prize? Well Obama got one for I don't know what, but he was a couple weeks in the office and he got one, so I guess it's appropriate, appropriate. But yeah, Black Lives Matter is up for a Nobel Peace Prize. After burning down cities and killing people and causing mayhem. It's like like I said, we live in a Twilight Zone movie. So what what happened here? What 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 went crazy here? And um I think in First John it talks about that. I know the, the across the board in the Bible it addresses these issues. Um, but let me just read this one scripture. This is uh, First John chapter three, um, verse four. It says, "Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness." And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor knows him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness uh, is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning, and his purpose of the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy The works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. His seed remains in him. He cannot sin because he has been born of God. Do you know when we got born again, we were born of a holy seed. That we were conceived by holy seed. So we have the seed of the Holy Spirit within us. And we have a new nature. And we have the Holy Spirit within us. And he tells us those things that are pleasing to the Father. And he prompts us. Now it says, oh, we don't sin because we're born again. Oh, I must not be born again because I find myself still sinning. But it's not that, it's not that, it's not this uh, occasionally messing up, and then the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes on, and then we say, you know what, Lord, I'm sorry, I need to deal with this. And we confess that, because it says that in the first chapter, if we sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not that we don't sin, but he's saying, he who practices righteousness. So we practice righteousness, but we're not habitually sinning. We're still going to stumble. As long as we're in this flesh, we're still going to stumble. We're going to have these things. But the nature has been changed. Because we used to do things before that we didn't even think of. Just do it and not even, oh, doesn't even, whatever. It's everybody else does it, so it must not be wrong. And then we get close to the Lord and we read in the Word and we go, Oh my gosh, what was I thinking that I was doing that? Right? Yeah. But we're practicing righteousness. It's just like a doctor. Medical things are constantly changing or knowledge. I gotta constantly acquire knowledge. I'm a practicing, I'm practicing medicine, I'm practicing law or any profession that's constantly, you have to upgrade and keep up with. So as we read the word, we get it into us, we have an increased sensitivity an increased knowledge of God. Therefore we realize, wow, I gotta get this in order now. I I gotta move in this direction. I have to submit this to the Lord. Lord, help me not to stumble in these same areas. We're constantly growing, and we will grow until we see the Lord face to face. That should be our desire. That should be our posture. That should be the manner of person that we be in this hour. Because it says in the book of Matthew, it says, because of the increase of lawlessness, the love of many would grow cold. Do you see that? Where the heart could be tempered by that. It's just like everybody's, everybody's gone crazy. The world's gone crazy. And because of lawlessness, we just see it's all nuts that that might have our heart shrink back and we're not as open and we're not as giving and we're not as loving towards people as we should be. Amen? That's what the Word says. But we, if we know the Lord, we should resist that temptation to draw back and to uh, live a life that's reflective of who Jesus Christ is and be those persons even though it might be taking a risk to do that. Let me read this word. Um, uh, this is uh, defining the word lawless. There's actually two words in uh, the dictionary I was looking from. It says lawless and lawlessness. So I'll do lawless versus Animals, without law, wicked, the lawless one, antichrist, the man of sin, unlawful, where the thought is not of simply that doing what is un, um, unlawful, but flagrant defiance of known will of God. So it's not just doing something that you know, but it's going out of your way of flagrant violation of the known will of God. Why do you think right now that they're trying to promote more than two genders in society? Why do you think that they've redefined marriage to mean anything that they want it to mean? Because they're taking any boundaries out. They're taking every single boundary that God has put in society so that we become lawless. So that there's an environment where this can thrive, where sex is perverted to degrees that we don't even want to talk about. Everything, on every level, you know, it's just it's become so lawless because they want darkness to encroach. Where God has placed these standards in there for the benefit and for the preservation of our society, this spirit of lawlessness is pulling them all out right now. Did you see the executive orders that were being signed stack? And it's like, why? You know, so now if I'm a man and I'm feeling like I identify as a woman, I can go get into women's wrestling and say, Hey man, I'm going to dominate this thing because I feel like I'm a, I'm a woman. Maybe you just grow a ponytail or something and go in there and start wrestling because I feel that that's what I can do and that's acceptable by this government. It's like, what's wrong here? It's lawlessness. They don't want God telling them that there's a standard. There is no standards. We make up everything now. We make up everything. That's where society is drifting. But we need to to be tethered to the truth of God's word. This is our guide. It's our uh, lighthouse on the cliff as our ship is moving and we say, I take my bearings from that unchangeable lighthouse over there. It's not set adrift into the ocean um, that I, well, I make it up as we go along. We're we're the captains of our boat. We can sail any way we like. Well, you're going to hit a reef at some point. And that's where society is at right now. The second definition is lawlessness. The first one was lawless. This is lawlessness. Anomia, iniquity, the mystery of lawlessness. The display of lawlessness by the lawless one will be in effect an attempt by the powers of darkness to overthrow and the divine government John uh, first first John three four This definition of sin sets forth its essential character as the rejection of the law or will of God and the substitution of will of self so it's it's Cutting or severing that tether to what God said is righteous is what is law and what is uh, the standards, and said no, we sever that and we'll make it up any way which we want. And there's something that's preventing the over the whole overrushing of this thing, where it would just want to just like be um, when you when you hear the word baptized baptized to me to be utterly submerged into something. That we wouldn't be baptized into darkness. There's one thing that's holding that from happening right now. It's the Holy Spirit's presence within the church. It's you guys right here. It's the salt and the light of the church is stopping this. It's like we're we're a doorstop right now. You remember I played that clip that that was that um, ambassador from the Catholic church. And he said, I'm writing this, uh, this letter to your president uh, and saying that he, I just want to warn him, I'm an ambassador to the nations and I was an ambassador to the United States. And your president was trying to hold this thing off, this new world order. President Trump. president Trump was. And he says that he was the one who was standing in the way from this thing going, and if the United States goes, the rest of the world is going to follow suit. That's what he said. I mean, I'm not making that up. We played the clip here, right? And um, uh, we see what's going on right now. I remember seeing that picture of President Trump. And he's by no means perfect. This man has his faults. But it had a picture of him that says, they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. But I'm just in the way right now. Do you see that now? Yeah. Do you guys see that happening? Do you know that because what we believe, we're Christians, we're, um, we're national. I'm a nationalist. I love this country. I'm, I'm patriotic. I believe in the Bible. I believe in the prophetic scriptures. I believe in the Second Amendment. I believe in the First Amendment. Do you know that somebody like what I have just spouted off right there puts me at the top of the terrorist list as enemy against this nation right now? We all are. We all have become the enemy of this nation. Why? Because everything is switched to lawlessness. Where good is evil and evil is good. And it's switched like that. But we still have a job to do. And the gates of hell will not prevail against this church. Cannot darkness cannot overtake light as long as we stay light we don't compromise but we say this is who i am this is what i believe and damn the p- torpedoes full speed ahead that's the nature that we have to we have to have courage right now we have to be vocal right now amen that's the persons we need to be right now the world is looking for that i believe as everything is set adrift and it's going to get more crazy and more crazy and they see these christian church and believers who are still living in joy still in living in stability who still have hope who still have a future and they're going to say wow what's why why are you like that because I know Jesus Christ I know his word I know how this ends up and we won already we won there's nothing you can do devil we won already right lawlessness is encroaching lawlessness is coming in but we're a people of righteousness because of Jesus Christ. Where I know my means perfect in my flesh or my nature, but I am justified by the blood of Christ. I am righteous. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, because I gave my heart to Jesus. I have that righteousness right now. I can sleep well at night. If I have a problem, if I got a conviction, I bring it to the Lord. Lord, I'm sorry for that. Help me get this right, and we move on from there. No condemnation in Christ Jesus. Amen. We sleep good at night. Even if this whole world, it says in Psalm 46, even if the mountains get cast into the sea, with the, the swelling of the mountains and the, the mountains are crumbling into the sea, that we are be still and know that I'm God. Be still that know that God is in control of this. And he prophesied everything that I'm talking about right now. Thousands of years in advance. And there is one the lawless one, the Antichrist. And the reason why I bring this up, I don't like to, I mean, it's interesting to me. I don't like to dwell in the negative, but the, it's not a negative. This is a positive thing that I'm going to share right now, because it's like the gears on a clock. And we know that when the hands are moving in a certain way, that we can tell what time it is. And by mentioning what I'm mentioning right now, we can tell what time it is. It's getting closer to midnight when we see a spirit of lawlessness encroaching upon the land. Would you agree with me on that? There is one though, it says that there is this mystery of iniquity. It's always been here from the times of the apostles, it's been here, the mystery of iniquity, but there's coming one who's the supreme being of lawlessness, and he's at the doorstep. But I believe through the study of this word, and not because I read, somebody else said this, but because I studied this and it's been confirmed by other men of God that before the Antichrist comes on the scene, the church is going to be taken out of here. I really believe that. Not everybody believes that, but I'm holding to that because that's in the word of God as far as I've seen it over and over and over. He says, I haven't appointed my church to wrath. That doesn't mean that we would not be facing persecution because we're going to face persecution. We see it at the doorsteps right now. That's why our men's meeting, what manner of persons are we to be in light of things that just have taken place? Who are we to be? What are we to be? What's our posture? What's our stance right now? It's to be bold for Christ. It's to be um, upfront in our faith and to not back down. This scripture is very key we're going to go to. I've read it before, but I think in light of what I just said, it might make a lot more sense. If we go to Second Thessalonians chapter 2 this is a key scripture very controversial to some people to me I've made up my mind I understand what it meant what it means what it's here the reason why 2nd Thessalonians was written because 1st Thessalonians dealt with the coming of the Lord and then there was a false letter that said the Lord came back already you guys missed the rapture Jesus came back And they're like, oh no, we're in the tribulation period. And Paul says, guess what? Somebody's putting a, circulating a false letter and putting my name on it. And I'm writing this second letter to get this thing straight. So you're not going to be troubled, right? And so, 2 Thessalonians 2, it says this. Now brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him. Two events. The, the, the coming of Christ is a two event thing. Our gathering together with him is the rapture. That's when he comes and he grabs the church out. The ecclesia, the called out ones, he calls us out from this earth to be with him in the clouds. We don't come back to the earth right away. So our calling together to be with the Lord and his coming again, when he comes back down on the earth, it's a totally different thing. He steps down on the Mount of Olives. We come back with him in chapter 19 of the book of Revelation, riding on white horses, step down on the He steps down on the Mount of Olives and the thing splits in half and he's going to start his kingdom at that. Two different things. So he's dealing with this right here verse 2 it says not to be soon shaken or or troubled either by spirit or by word or letter as if from us as though the day of christ had come so he was trying to put this thing at rest let no one deceive you by any means for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed the son of perdition now this Particular scripture is controversial because for many of the early trans- translations of this, this falling away, which is an apostasia, as they translated it, it was not always the apostasia, like the falling away of the church. But it still works, but there's a better translation that says, until a departure take place. The, 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 the church that's physically taken out from here and put it in a different place, right? That's original translation. That could be debated, but even in that, if it was left intact that uh, that uh, um, apostasia would take place first, it still makes sense. Verse 4 Who opposes? Oh, let me go back to verse C. Let no one deceive you by any means that that day will not come unless the falling away or the departure comes first and the man of sin is revealed the son of perdition or destruction who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God so it is worshiped so that he sits as God in the temple of God showing himself that he is God do you not remember when I was with you that I told you these things so he's saying come on man don't you remember I laid this out for you and then you get this false letter and everybody's scrambling It says, and now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. Something has restrained this man of sin from coming on the scene. The mystery of lawlessness or iniquity is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Who do you think that he is? It's the church. It's the church. In the Dakes Bible, they give all these different possible scenarios of who the he could be. Is it government? Is it Israel? Is it the Roman government? Is it this? And he goes, the conclusion is the only thing that he could be is the Holy Spirit's presence within the church you remember on the day of Pentecost Jesus says do not depart from Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high it was at a special day and it was a powerful day when the Holy Spirit was sent to the church and these people who were cowering in their rooms just previously to this because they were afraid of the persecution went out into the streets and started proclaiming Jesus Christ with boldness and thousands came into the kingdom at that point that it was birthed it says that the book of Joel said this day would be proper this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. This outpouring of the, the Spirit of God, he says, and then he goes on and it says, you know, that, that there's are going to be a former, uh, uh, an outpouring at the end, blood and fire and pillar of smoke before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. I think we're right there, right now. We're right before that dreadful day of the Lord that God could outpour his spirit upon the church. We're praying for that, for a mighty revival, because God loves people, and he doesn't want anybody to perish, but he wants all to have a chance at coming into his kingdom before this time of wrath comes. This time of wrath, they said there was never on this earth a time like it, nor ever will be after it. It's going to be so terrible, you don't want to be here. I trip out with people saying, well, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be in the mid-tribulation rapture. It's like, do you under? did you ever read the book of Revelation what goes on in this thing? It's horror, man. It's horror. And we're seeing what I'm what I'm saying is we're seeing the infrastructure of this thing be set up right now. You know, we're seeing it right now that you can't go into a store without a mask on. JD Farage, he calls it the mask of the beast. Just one letter off from the mark of the beast. You ain't going into Foodland without your mask. You ain't going into Foodland or Costco without your mark you see the infrastructure being set up? Do you see the pressure from society already being exerted yes. on people? This is with the environment. So if that's the case, then these things are, there. it's like it's coming out of the fog. And it's like, oh, wow, I'm seeing it a little more. It's coming a little bit more clear right now. And it is coming. But the good news is, before all that takes place, the church is going to be out of here. There's a seven-year period of tribulation according to the book of Daniel, which we're going through, and it coincides with the book of Revelation, dovetails together. There's seven years of trial coming upon this earth that's just a little bit out beyond us right now. We're seeing the infrastructure of that being set up right now. So the good news is that if that's in the fog over there, that the rapture of the church is that much more close. It's that much more close. And that's what the book of 1 John is saying. If that be the case, what is our posture? Who are we to be right now? That we, if we have this hope of the Lord coming back for us, what manner of person ought we to be? What manner of person? It says everybody who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Because we're looking down and says, man, it could be today. We could hear that trumpet blast today. There's nothing that would restrain that. For Jesus to come back on the earth, there's a whole litany of things in the book of Revelation. Before he can actually sit down on the Mount of Olives, there's a ton of things that need to take place. It goes on, it says, uh, verse 8, Then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Do you know Revelation 17? We know it when he comes in. It's not even a fight. He just just looks at him, boom, into the pit, done. It's not even a fight. Yeah. The coming of the lawless one is according to the workings of Satan with all power, signs, and wonders. With all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth. Do you know right now this is a, this is a fight for lies and truth right now? Propaganda and truth right now. Unless you're hearing the voice of the Spirit, unless you're hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit right here, you, we could be swept away with some of these lies. We have to be able to discern lies from truth right now. It's, it's essentially important right now. You know, I hear churches out there just, it's crazy some of the stuff that they're proposing and saying, oh yeah, that's what the church should be doing. Are, are you guys hearing the Holy Spirit to be saying that kind of nonsense? You know, I see a flag in Wailuku, uh, a, a rainbow flag over a church, and I'm like, what? That is ridiculous. And yet we're moving into an environment where to speak just, you know, to preach the Bible like this is going to be perilous. Mm -hmm. You know, I hear, I was watching some guys in California right now, and the church in California is under assault because it's it's such a liberal state. And these pastors of big churches, they're saying, I think that the church is going to have to go underground here in California. There's some pastors that are hanging to it, they're, they're hanging tough, and there's one church they said he was appealing for money because they were fining him, his, his fines were up in a million dollars something. That is just absolute lawlessness, when the state is trying to extract money that they shouldn't have any business in the church and trying to ex- extort money from the church. You guys shouldn't be meeting or we're going to fine you, and it's, the fine is already into the millions of dollars. It's crazy. Verse 9, the coming of the lawless one is according to the workings of Satan with power, signs, and lying wonders with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. For the reason God will send them, who's going to send them? This? God God is going to send them. You guys like lies? You want to believe lies? Here you go. For this reason God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. You know, in the book of Romans, it says that God condemns not only those who do certain acts, but those who agree with people who do certain acts. To be politically correct says, well, I don't do that, but I think everybody should be all right with that. You know what? You're in the same category, according to the Bible. It's, it's crucial, right now it's crucial that light and darkness are being separated and we want got to make sure that we're on the right side, amen? Yeah, this is out of Romans, Romans chapter 2. It says, therefore you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge. For whatever you judge others, you condemn yourself. For you judge, practice the same thing. But know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. And don't you think this, O man, you who judge those practicing those things and doing the same things that you will escape the judgment of God. But it Oh, it's uh, verse 32. It says this, Knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only the, uh, do the same, but also approve those who practice them. What we approve, what we are silent about, what we just say, oh, whatever, that's just the way it is. It's, it's political correctness. We have overcome... These things, because of Jesus Christ, the blood of the Lamb, were overcomers. You know, Pastor Tasha last week was um, reading out of the book of Revelation, and it was saying, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And there's, a, there's a, a lot to be said about that portion of scripture. It's a lot. I, I, I wrote it all down yesterday. Those portions where it says, He who overcomes, he who overcomes, he who overcomes, seven times. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. The word overcome, uh, it's like Nike. or it's, it's like an overcoming, an overwhelming uh, victory is who we are in Christ. You know, that our posture in these days is, number one, not to be caught up in the nature of the world, but to be separate from the nature of the world. Not to be in darkness, but to be the light. Not to be caught up in sin, but to be in holiness. All those contrasts that I said that are in the book of First John. Go home and read it. Read it and see, wow, so this is the nature of God. This is the nature of the world. This is who I'm supposed to be in Christ. This is who the rebellious are. Read those things and we can get a, uh, we can get a, um, a bearing on what our walk should be in this hour. Amen? In John 12, it's actually an easy one to remember. John, I mean not John, Romans twelve twenty one. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. You, that we're not to be over, we're not overcome with evil. We're overcome by the goodness of the Lord. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of his testimony. We are a nation of kings and priests. In closing, let me read this out of First Peter. First Peter, Chapter Two. It says, Verse four, it says, Coming to him as living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, being built up in the spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up a spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, It is also contained in the scriptures, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. He who believes in him will by no means be put to shame. Thank you, Lord. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, the stone of stumbling, the rock of offense. They stumble, being disobedient to the word which they were also appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but now are a people of God, who have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Hallelujah. That we are those people. We're his holy priesthood. We're kings and priests, the only people in the word aside Melchizedek in Christ, kings and priests, his own special people, that he called us out of darkness to dwell in his marvelous light. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray.